the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Why do some men go off on their doctrine? Because they don't take heed to their own lives. And because they go off in their life, in some behavior, some issue, they're not consistent with the word. They eventually change their doctrine to fit their behavior. Their theology has to be changed in order to justify what they're doing. Guys, that's what you want to prevent in your life. And how do you prevent it? This is the sensible thing to do. Take heed to your life. In other words, look at your life and ask hard questions and have somebody else ask hard questions. Are you consistent with the scriptures? Changing doctrine to benefit behavior has created quite a few strange religions and cults over the years. It's just like shooting and then drawing a target around the bullet hole and announcing a bullseye. If a soldier trained for battle like that, he wouldn't last very long, would he? All who claim Christ as Savior are in his army, and we are in a great battle. We need to be better prepared than that. If we adjust our doctrine to match our behavior rather than the other way around, we will lead lives of constant defeat. That's why Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is our instructor for this series of daily Bible classes on the characteristics of godly young men. Pastor Steve has been serving for over 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Paul did give a lot of good advice to Timothy, but he also gave some great advice to Titus, and that's where we will continue to focus our attention, in Titus chapter 2 to be more specific. As a matter of fact, the Bible is full of instructions for young men. Keep your finger in Titus chapter 2, but let's take a look in Hebrews and we'll zoom in on chapter 13, verse 7. Here is Pastor Steve. Hebrews 13 speaks about the, the elders of the church, the leaders of the church in a great verse, Hebrews 13, verse 7. The writer says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, considering the results of their conduct, imitate their faith. Watch them. Look at them. They're to give you a model. They were a model to you. Remember that. Now, the bottom line is this. Young men need heroes to follow. True? Young men need heroes to follow. And you know what? Their heroes should be the spiritual leaders of the church. That's who their heroes should be. Young men need heroes. To the elders, I say we, we need to uh, make sure that our ministry goes far beyond what we just say in the pulpit or what we have in, say in Sunday school or a Bible study. The pattern of our conduct should be consistent with our teaching, which is another way of saying practice what you preach. That's how you build sensibility into 
young men in the church. And young men, you ought to know the elders well, well enough. In fact, it says in 1 Thessalonians, know them who labor amongst you. Know them. It's your responsibility to get to know some of the leaders, elders and deacons in the church. Know them. Know them so that you can see what it is about them that, uh, that you should follow. So Titus is to set an example of good deeds. Another key area that he's to model uh, being sensible of the thinking is this, purity of doctrine. Notice he says that in verse 7, the next thing, purity in doctrine. If ever there was an area in, in which to think clearly and sensibly about, especially in our day and age, it's in the area of teaching and doctrinal truths. Paul urged Titus to preach pure orthodox doctrine in contrast to the false teachers around him. Young men, I want to exhort you to take seriously the importance of doctrine, the importance of the teaching of, of the word of God. Because we are living, we don't expect sound doctrine from the world, obviously, but we are living in a day and age in which even Christians have lost, many Christians have lost balance in doctrine, if they even consider doctrine, balance in it. They have absorbed errors from the world. They have absorbed uh, absolute uh, distortions from the world, and it is being incorporated into teaching. And there is a great need today for purity in doctrine. This is a call to think clearly about biblical truth. Many Christians don't. They don't think clearly about being about biblical truth. They are influenced by subtle and not so subtle error. It is just amazing. It is just absolutely amazing that men who were once orthodox in doctrine have gotten into so much error. I'm reading an article uh, these days. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm reading an article in a theological journal about um, how old proven principles of Bible interpretation, proven principles, common sense stuff, is no longer the stuff that many leaders are going to. Now you know how we're interpreting the Bible? Uh, this is the gist of the article. What does it mean to me? See, I become the final authority. It's not what did it mean to the writer, what did it mean to the original readers, it, what, what does it mean to me? Now you try to study the Bible that way, and you're going to have, we have, if we have 350 people here, you've got 350 different interpretations. Young Men need to think sensibly about the truth. And I, and I tell you this, our pastors, our elders need to be sensible in doctrine. Why do some men who were maybe in their younger years sound in doctrine, but as they got older, why did they go off? I don't know that I have the full answer to that. I think maybe accountability uh, enters into that because... Um, Older men have a difficult time with uh, some whippersnapper coming up to them and saying, you're wrong, you're wrong. So I think sometimes it's pride, but I think there's something else. And I'd like you to turn back to 1 Timothy for this. What will help you as a young man, as an older man, as any man, as any woman, in fact, uh, stay on sound doctrine? Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. We Once again, we've read this before, but I want to expand it. Verse 12, and I'm going to read to the end of the chapter, and you follow me. 1 Timothy 4.12, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. By the way, that's expository preaching. Read the text, explain the text, exhort people to obey the text. That's it. If you wonder what the sign meant uh, front, 
uh, expository preaching, this is the definition of it. Read it, explain it, apply it. But notice he goes on to say in verse 14, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed upon you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands of the, of the presbytery, which simply means the elders. And I would assume that Timothy, probably being a little timid, wanted to back off and not, nobody enjoys these conflicts. And uh, he's probably a little intimidated by the older men there, all the difficulties. He didn't want to teach and he was reluctant. And Paul said, listen, don't neglect the spiritual gift you have of teaching. God gave it to you. And uh, you got to do something with it. Verse 15 tells him what to do with it. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress may be evident to all. As a young man, make sure you're absorbed in the word. And as a young minister, your progress will be evident to all. And uh, they'll back off on some of their criticisms. But what I want you to see is verse 16. What I really want you to see. Verse 16 says, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Now, that to me is critical. We'll stop there. Why do some men go off on their doctrine? Because they don't take heed to their own lives. And because they they go off in their life, in some behavior, some issue, they're not consistent with the word, they eventually change their doctrine to fit their behavior. Their theology has to be changed in order to justify what they're doing. Guys, that's what you want to prevent in your life. And how do you prevent it? This is the sensible thing to do. Take heed to your life. In other words, look at your life and ask hard questions and have somebody else ask hard questions. Are you consistent with the scriptures? That's where an accountability partner comes in. Pay attention to your life as one who is to obey the Lord. If you keep your life in consistency with the word of God, your doctrine will be fine. So we've looked at a few areas. We go back to Titus. We've looked at a few areas of key areas to be sensible in. Example of good works, purity and doctrine. And then he says, be dignified. In other words, there's a seriousness about the way that that uh, Titus and all young elders and all men are to teach. He's talking still about teaching. Be dignified. Now, this doesn't mean that, he can't, that the guy can't have a sense of humor or say something funny in the pulpit. And I thought, Phew. That's good. Paul's not saying that. He's not saying he can't laugh. Dignified just means that uh, he doesn't handle the Bible in a trivial way. He knows it's serious stuff. This is serious material from God. He needs to handle it with dignity. How do you keep in mind that this is serious stuff? And and this is this is important because um you know if you're around the Word a lot, and I I, I saw this in Bible school. I know that this goes on in Christian colleges and Bible schools and seminaries. If you're around and exposed to the Word of God a lot, there is a tendency to not treat the Bible as serious as it should be, because it becomes common to you. You hear it in your classes. You hear it in chapel. You have study assignments. You do in papers. All of this, and there's a tendency to uh, to even make jokes about Scripture. Uh, that, that's not right. How do you get serious about your teaching? You keep reminding yourself that this is the holy word of God. You want to make jokes, do it about yourself as related to, to the Bible. Don't do it about the Bible and don't, don't make it trivial and, and common, common stuff. This is the holy word of God. This is God's message. So be dignified in your teaching. A fourth key area of um, sensibility is found at the beginning of verse 8. If you look there, Paul says, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach. Now, I don't think he's talking here about his formal teaching because he's finished with that, but his everyday conversation. In other words, in your day-to-day speech, be honest. 
Be edifying. Be kind. Be loving. Talk like a believer is supposed to talk. Talk in such a way that your critics won't be able to condemn you for being inconsistent with your Christian profession. See, young men, young ministers, and that's who we're talking about now, setting an example for young men, have to be careful that they don't speak one way in the pulpit or in their uh, in whatever context they teach, and another way out of it. Like, I really like the guy publicly, but privately I can't stand to be around him. I don't like the way he speaks. So I exhort you, young men, to be honest in the way you talk. Speak the truth, but speak it in love. Be edifying, no put-downs, uh, nothing negative like that. Be careful about being overcritical, all that stuff. That's, that's all the stuff that we struggle with as young men. Talk in such a way that God is honored. Like many teens and young men, before I was saved, there were few pleasures greater than handing out a witty insult. Changing that behavior has been one of the most obvious evidences of God's transforming power in my life. It's still a temptation, but no longer the pleasure it used to be. We will get right back to our study after we greet those who just tuned in. We're glad to have you with us in class today. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Our study is The Characteristics of Godly Young Men, and our main text is Titus chapter 2. What is so important about young men being sensible and setting good examples? Here is Pastor Steve to take us to God's Word for the answer. So Paul has told Titus, number one, to exhort the young men to be sensible. Number two, he's given them some key areas. He's given Titus key areas as a minister to model sensibility. But why is this so important? Why is this so critical? Why has Paul gone to great lengths to explain all of this? The answer is found at the end of verse 8, and that's the purpose for young men to be sensible. If you miss this, you miss it. This is where it takes on great significance. The end of verse 8. In order, here's the purpose. When you see in order, it's a purpose clause. Here's the reason. That the opponent may be put to shame having nothing bad to say about us. It's the reason for such a high standard of holy living for young men. And, and I think he includes all the people here, all the age groups, but especially the young men, is this. When those who oppose the gospel criticize us as believers in Christ, they should look embarrassed. They should be shamed and look foolish by their claims. You know why? Because they have no case. They have no case. It's a claim that has no substance. And our lives ought to be above reproach so that whatever they claim of us, they look silly because it's obviously not true. Everybody knows it's not true and they look foolish. In other words, our testimony should be so good that our accusers are embarrassed by the false criticism. Embarrassed by it. And nobody even takes them seriously. But if that accusation is true, then we've given the opponents of Christ ammunition to attack the gospel. And that's really sad. That's really sad. We've given them ammunition. We've, we've given them weapons. Here, shoot at us. You see, the purpose for young men and for all of us to be sensible and godly is for evangelism to take place in an unhindered way. I hope you get that. This is about evangelism. The good works that Paul speaks about throughout Titus is for the purpose of evangelism. So that others on the island of Crete might know the power of the gospel as they see it in your lives and, and you'll have a platform to share Christ with them. I, I love what one Bible teacher said about this. And listen to this. This is good. This is really profound. 
The true effectiveness, he wrote, of evangelism does not come from man-made methods, strategy, or marketing techniques adapted from the culture, but from genuine virtue, moral purity, and godliness of believers whose lives give proof, proof of the truth of God's word and the power of Christ to redeem men from sin. That's what silences critics and makes the gospel believable. It's a great, great statement. Let me ask you a question, an obvious question. Does your life make the gospel believable? Does your life make the gospel believable? You are a letter, Paul said to the Corinthians, read by all. What are they reading? Are they reading about the gospel? Or do you give them ammunition, your, the critics? Do you use your sanctified heads in applying God's word to your life? Your good deeds. Do you have good deeds? Like, for example, in the bulletin today, this morning, I read what a great thing to do about good deeds, about preparing a meal. And the men say, I don't prepare meals. Yeah, but we mentioned about drivers. You drive? Take the meal to somebody. That's a good deed. That's really a nice thing to do. Do you use your sanctified heads in uh, pure doctrine? Are you interested in Bible study? Do you care about doctrine? Because if you're off on doctrine, you're off on everything else. How about dignified in speaking about the things of the word? How do you handle the word? How about your everyday speech? Is it loving? Is it edifying? Are you kind? Are you truthful? Truthful in love. This is what gives credibility to your witness for Jesus Christ. And not only your witness, but ours as a church body. And I I want to close. Don't close your mind. I want to close with something that's heavy. Notice at the end of verse 8, you might not pick this up, Very easily. But notice he says, having nothing bad to say about us. He doesn't say nothing bad to say about you. He says, Titus, nothing bad to say about us. Why does he say that? Because he's including all believers in this, especially himself. If you were off on your life, it affects every other believer, especially this church. And I'm going to tell you this. Did you know that there are critics of Lakeside? You know that? And do you know that there are Christian critics? They're the worst kind. The unbelievers I can handle a lot better. The the Christian ones are a little more painful. But you know what we're criticized for at Lakeside? I'll tell you. Maybe you don't know this. And this is not to say every criticism, or it's a lot, but it's enough that it's got my attention. There are Christian critics who accuse us of being a church that just studies the Bible, but we don't apply it. You know that? That's what we're known as with some. We're, we're um, those who study the Bible, we're into the word, but when we leave here, we don't apply it. Now, how do you answer that criticism? How do you answer it? You live by what you've been taught. You're sensible and you apply the word. That's exactly what Paul is saying. Do what the Bible tells you to do and you silence those criticisms. Just obey what you've been taught. That's how you do it. That's how you sign. You don't try to defend yourself. You just answer that by a life so that those who criticize are embarrassed by saying such a thing. Now, young men, the message is this. I exhort you in the place of Paul and Titus to think sensibly, to think biblically, to use your heads, which simply means sanctified common sense. And I say to those who may not know Jesus Christ, certainly you know Christians who are attractive, and they're attractive because of Christ. And I exhort you to come to Jesus Christ, 
Put your trust in him because you have seen him lived out in some other believer. Let's bow for prayer. What will you do with this truth? There are many young men in this church. What will you do as we're quiet before the Lord? I'm going to give you a few moments to think about this. I would encourage you to get an accountability partner. If you don't know who to get, then you ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Put someone on your heart. To get someone this week, because you're not to flee youthful lusts alone and pursue godliness alone. You're to have others who can help you. I exhort you to do that. I exhort you to answer your critics by a life of, of commitment to good deeds, purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech. I exhort you to submit to the leadership of this church. I exhort you to do that, to not in your pride think that you've got all the answers. I exhort you to, to do this. And I exhort you, those of you who don't know Christ, I, I would urge you to consider him. If you know of a redeemed life, then understand that there's the redeemer behind that life. And you can have your life changed too. You can have forgiveness of sins by repentance and trusting Christ as your Lord and Savior. I invite you to come up after the service. There'll be one of our leaders here to speak to you about trusting Christ. Father, I thank you for a very practical and important portion of the word of God. I thank you that we can hear you speak. And I pray, Lord, that we'll apply these truths to our lives. Lord, you know we live in a world that has gone mad, that does not have much sensibility, a world that even 20, 30 years ago would laugh at some of the nonsense going on. But I know that where sin and darkness abounds, grace abounds too, and I know that we can be lights in a darkened world by thinking clearly, by behaving godly and biblically. And I pray for our young men to take these truths to heart. I pray for accountability partners to spring up all over the church. I pray that uh, the uh, network of Bible studies that Jack will be developing will be really successful and will accomplish great fellowship and great spiritual growth. And I pray, Father, for our elders, myself included, that we will be mindful to be the kind of examples we should be to not only all believers, but especially young men who look to us to, to model biblical truth. And I also pray that you'll draw to yourself those who need Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. I hope we will all apply these truths to our own lives so that the Lord can use us to attract others to himself. Have you ever had a tour of a cave? It seems like they always turn off the lights at some point. It must be some sort of federal regulation. That absolute darkness is a lot like the spiritual darkness that covers the surface of our planet. And do you notice how if someone turns on a little flashlight, it grabs everyone's attention? When we let Christ's light shine through us, we are just like that little flashlight. We may not illuminate the entire cavern, but we light up enough to attract everyone's attention. You can be a light like that. You can make a huge difference to the people around you. Thank you for listening today to another verse-by-verse -verse Bible class of the air. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff has been leading us in a series of characteristics of godly young men. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse Ministries is an extension of Pastor Steve's ministry at Lakeside. 
We are a faith ministry supported through the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. If you would like to hear today's class again, it is available at our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online if you want or download it for later. The same goes for previous programs, which you can find on the archives page. That's versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the conclusion of a three-part message. To hear the whole message at once, you can order a CD or a cassette tape. You can do so by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. You have no doubt heard the expression, a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. Why is it that so many people don't like their jobs? Is it the job, the co-workers, or what? Whatever it is, it isn't right, and we will deal with that on the next Verse by Verse. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse. We are here to give you strength between. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.